episode 10 of We Effed Up. I am Teresa. I'm Cody. And we're here to tell you about all of the times in history when we effed up in some way. And I think we're taking a, a kind of a turn outside of history this time. Is that right? I mean, it, it, it's still history, but it's uh, something outside the normal realm of what we've talked about so far. Because we've had a lot of, uh, how shall we say it, uh, depressing uh, topics. Yeah. Uh, with uh, lots of death tolls. Yeah. So I figured it would probably be a good idea to have something that doesn't really have a death toll. I'm sure there was one. Butterfly uh, effect. Possibly. It, it, distinctly possible, but uh, nothing has ever been officially attributed to uh, what we're about to talk about today. So Okay. Maybe there were some financial casualties? Possibly. Maybe okay. some legs got broke. Ooh. Uh, broken legs. Is the mafia in this one? No, but I mean, oh. it's... Sports related, so gambling is inevitably going to be involved. Oh, so. okay. All right, I'm making the connection now. Yeah. Okay, so so uh, what are we talking about today, Cody? We're going to talk about uh, the Heidi game. Like H-E-I-D-I? Yes. Uh, okay. Let me ask you this question. Have you ever wondered... I know you've seen NFL games. Uh, uh, yep, at least two. you've watched them with me. Um, <laughs> at least two. So... Have you ever like noticed that like the broadcast just keeps going no matter how long the football game takes? It could, like if you know it goes into overtime, it just keeps going, going until it ends. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it pushes, it bumps all the programming afterwards yeah. back. Yeah. This is why. Oh okay. Yeah. So, so basically, it's like NFL games are carte, half carte blanche, and yes. their primary programming. Yes. No matter what it is afterwards, they run it over. Yeah, and it didn't always used to be that way. Okay. So this we're going to talk about why, or you know what what, what caused it to uh, get to where we are now. So weird because so. every football game is a little bit different in terms of time because mm-hmm. of timeouts and yeah. player injuries and crazy calls that take a long time to decide. Halftime shows. Well, I mean during a regular game you probably don't have halftime shows as much, but oh yeah, that's true. But uh, yeah. Okay. Um, so, going back, uh, NFL games, uh, they first began being televised in 1939. Jeez. A game between the Philadelphia Eagles and the now-defunct Brooklyn Dodgers. Uh-huh. Because uh, back in the day, football teams were usually just named after the baseball team. That makes sense. Because the NFL wasn't really anything yet. And it's easy. Yeah. And you could just use the same merch. Yep. So well, who cares? Somewhat, yeah. Uh, but the NFL's popularity grew over the next several years. Uh, the 1958 NFL championship game between the New York Giants and the Baltimore Colts, uh-huh. they were in Baltimore at the time, the so-called greatest game ever played, led to a surge of interest. Why is it the greatest game ever played? Um, Give me the cliff notes. It was... Don't need to play Because the NFL didn't always have championship games. It was just uh-huh. whoever had the best record at the end of the year. Uh-huh. Um, they began instituting that uh, a f- couple decades into the into the league's existence. Uh-huh. Uh, and the 58 championship game, Giants and Colts, two really good teams, like uh, Johnny Unitas, uh, Hall of Fame QB for the Colts. Um, it was also the first overtime game. Uh-huh. Uh, it's, it's definitely the first overtime championship game. Okay. So it, it just it created a lot of excitement around it. Okay. Uh, the Colts won that game 23-17. So let me ask you this. Here's a weird unrelated question. So the Colts were in Baltimore at that point, mm-hmm. and later they moved to Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. And they might have moved multiple times, because I know that those teams shifted all over the place. Just the once. 
Well, in any case, if you're a fan of the Indianapolis Colts now, can you, can you like be, you know, take credit for that championship win? Because it's not technically that same team. You, I mean, t- really, you like could. none of the players are the same. But no, but I mean, you could. Uh, that, that's just really just a bit. I mean, like the Colts say, like, yeah, we won the championship in 1958. Mm-hmm. They weren't in Indianapolis, but the team is still the same. I mean, I guess you could ask. Like, uh, we're recording this in late January 2022, so it's the winner is yet to be determined. I was going to uh, say the Rams. Yeah. yeah, but like the Rams, they moved from St. Louis recently. Ra- the Raiders. Yeah, I mean they're not in the playoffs right now, but like, yeah. I, but like, yeah, I mean you're, uh, yeah, you're right. Like it's like any team that moves. Yeah. Um, or, like, what if they get renamed? Like the Browns. The Browns are still the Browns. What is? What am I thinking of then? Wasn't there another Ohio football team that they went moved? to Baltimore and became the Ravens? The one. Before. Oh yeah, but yeah, but that's like a, a considered a completely different team because the Browns are basically the Browns are basically considered having been just did not play for the three years uh-huh. that the Browns didn't exist, oh. and then the n- new Browns team. So it's still the same team historically. Okay. It's just they didn't just didn't play those three years. Okay, but like a team like the Tennessee Titans used to be the Houston Oilers. Yeah, that might be a little different. Okay. Um. So that's weird. I mean, I know that this isn't really a sports podcast, but I was just thinking like, I wonder if people are like, yes, the Colts championship, we got it in whatever, you know, 1958. I mean, it might mean a little bit less to them. Okay. Um, but I didn't know if they get to put it on their banners or whatever. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, the Lakers have a uh, hang in the Staples center. They have championship banners for when they were in Minneapolis, uh, that all that aside, uh, in 1960, with this renewed interest, the rival American Football League begins play. The AFL. Yes. Okay. Uh, and the two leagues uh, over the next several years would compete over fans, players, TV contracts. It kind of like made both leagues better in a way, but it was starting to get to the point where it was kind of starting to take away. Like the competition was like too... Too, too fierce? Yeah. So they agreed in 1966 to merge right. before the 1970 season. Yeah. And so, then, did Vince McMahon start the I'm just kidding. <laughs> start the AFL. No. <laughs> I know. I know. He started the XFL. Which is twice. not a competitor. <laughs> yeah. And but, failed miserably twice. Well, the second time was also... COVID. Yeah. Yeah. It, it could have been good that second time. Yeah. It was getting a lot of... It was getting a lot of... Generating a lot of... This spring, they're bringing back the old USFL from the 80s. Like, the same team names and everything. Oh, okay. I have not even heard anything about that. That's yeah. really weird. Yeah, uh, that was the one that Donald Trump drove into the ground. Oh, boy. <laughs> so so yeah. back then, the AFL and the NFL were, like, competing with one another yeah. to the point where the competition was overshadowing the game. Yeah. So people were, like, not enjoying it because they were like, we're sick of this crap. Well, was, uh, well they're certain to, like, really kind of like, lose money. Oh. Um, not necessarily lose money, but it's starting to become less financially viable for both to exist uh, without okay. coming to some sort of agreement. Sure. Okay. So they agreed to merge for the 1970 season. Uh, and they began meeting in the AFL-NFL championship game, which is retroactively called the Super Bowl, right. at the end of the 1966 season. Incidentally, the first two Super Bowls won by the Green Bay Packers. Uh, at the start of the 1968 season, the Jets, the New York Jets, and the Oakland Raiders were seen as top contenders for the Super Bowl. Um 
So it was just whoever was the top of the NFL, whoever was the top of the AFL. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the rivalry... Right. I know, that's a tough word. Rivalry between the teams had developed in the preceding years. Uh, and the teams were scheduled to meet in Oakland on November 17th, 1968, at 4 o'clock Eastern Time on NBC. Okay. This would be this big, hyped-up... Uh, Game nationally televised. Everybody's got a yep. TV at this point, so. Yeah, but there's only and there's only like three channels, so yeah. you're you got one, yep. one in three chance of yep. that person, that family watching that on their set. Yeah. Um. So NBC allotted about three hours. Well, exactly three hours on the schedule for the game. How long does? Man, I feel like the Super Bowl now like takes all afternoon. Yeah, because like, they have like pregame. Yeah. And, then the first half halftime show, halftime show, which is always trophy like an presentation, a- hour. Yeah, so it, it, Jeez. it yeah. So they were like three hours. We're going to tidy this up. Don't yeah. worry about it. Um, get you home to your dinner at seven p.m. at the after the conclusion game. NBC was scheduled to show a TV movie adaptation of the children's book Heidi. <laughs> oh, that's why it's called the Heidi. Yes. Game. Okay. Uh, the film was heavily promoted by NBC with commercials, print advertisements, like "Hey, tune in seven o'clock on." November 17th. We're going uh, to show this weird children's movie yeah. after the, immediately well, after the Super c- Bowl. Because think about it. You only have three channels. Uh, you don't really have home video uh-huh. at this point. So something like this, you could, like, you know, a nice family movie to watch. You know, because there's no you know, Disney Channel. There's no... Ki- not that many kids' movies in theaters. That, that Dad's kind of passed thing. out on the couch. Yeah. He's lost a lot of money yeah. from the game. <laughs> so he's passed out on the couch, drunk on Old Milwaukee. <laughs> and you're, yep. Yep. you're like, I'm going to watch Heidi. Yep. <laughs> NBC hoped that football viewers would stick with the network after the game instead of switching channels or turning off. Like, I mean, you see, even see this today, like, uh, mm-hmm. like especially after the Super Bowls. So the Super Bowl leading, uh, serving as a lead-in program for, like, a new show, like a mid-season oh, yeah. replacement show. Kind of like that. Same, oh, yeah. same idea. We watched the Alabama... Uh, was the Alabama Georgia game? We watched the Alabama Georgia game, and they debuted Katy Perry's new music video at halftime. But they only showed half of it, and then you had to wait to see the other half of it. It was the weirdest thing. And, and like, I I would never ever watch a Katy Perry video for I mean, uh, electively, anyways. Um, and that that's what happened with this silly Georgia Alabama game. Speaking of weird music video facts, I didn't know, because, of course, the recently deceased Meatloaf, uh-huh. uh, I didn't know the music video for I'd Do Anything for Love. Uh-huh. I didn't know it was directed by Michael Bay. Oh, yeah. I did not know that. Oh, I'm yeah. like, where's the explosions? <laughs> it, it's explosions inside your brain uh-huh. of amazing music. If That's I remember fair. correctly, it didn't have a lot of fire, though. There's a lot of candles. Yeah. there. Yeah. I think yeah. when it says explosion, he's like, well, I'll have fire. Basically, you know, baby steps. He wasn't Michael Bay yet, so... Yeah. He, was... <laughs> he wasn't the Michael Bay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Accomplished film director. Director. Um, Auteur. <laughs> so, so basically, like, the, most people weren't going to the movies, and you probably weren't going to head directly to a movie theater immediately after the Super Bowl anyway, so they're, like, banking Well, I mean, this. this is just a regular game. It's not the Super Bowl, but... Oh, okay. But well. re- regardless, yeah, there's not as many opportunities for entertainment as there are nowadays. Yeah, sure. So... They're not going to pop Netflix on and watch Coco Melon right. for the thousandth time. Right. Uh, Heidi was scheduled for a two-hour block following the game. 
Uh, NBC did something unique. They sold all of the commercial time during that block to Timex. For Heidi? Yeah. So the network was under contract to one advertiser. Uh-huh. And being Timex, the broadcast had to be on time. When? So the broadcast could not be delayed. Oh, okay. Timex was like, listen, yeah. you put us on <clears throat> at 7.15, no earlier, no later. Otherwise, we're gonna, bur- yeah. we're gonna burn it down. Uh, at the time, network operations were run, were, were run from broadcast operations control centers, or BOC centers. Uh-huh. And there were three. Uh, New York City, Chicago, and in Burbank, California. Okay. To, to hit up all of the... Yeah, all, all the major... Like, you know, Eastern Time Zone, Central, Western Mountain. Or yeah. Pacific Mountain, I think it is. Um, in the pre-satellite era... Programming was sent via coax cable. Uh-huh, right. Kind of like how you do now to get actual cable. Yeah. That's how, like, the broadcast stuff was sent. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I remember. I had a floor set when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. We had to have a special coax gray cable box. Mm-hmm. And we lost our remote. So if you wanted to go from channel 3 to channel 65, you had to hold the button down. And, but that had to be on channel three on the floor set. But then, if you wanted to go to the antenna stations, you had to turn that freaking knob, and it was oh, yeah. it was so loud. It was so loud, clunk 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 clunk. So you could not be clandestine. Those with your big floor giant set. analog TV sets. Oh yeah. Oh, kids, kids these days don't know how good they got. I know. I called it a TV set earlier, and I was like, nobody calls it a TV set anymore. Yeah, it's a flat uh, screen. Yeah, it's like a set. It's, it's set in like a giant, like wood paneled case. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Oh man. We probably sat too close. We probably have radiation damage or probably. something. Yeah, probably. Because oh. remember when if you put your hand too close to it, you get yeah. like static. Oh man. We probably have damn brain damage. Probably. <laughs> okay. That's what kids these days need. They need that. They need that quality cathode ray brain damage. <laughs> CRT brain damage. Yep. Don't worry there about we it. go. <laughs> All right, so the broadcast was distributed by Yeah. Um, okay. For the Jets-Raiders game, Burbank would receive the fee from Oakland, because it's the closest one. Mm-hmm. Put in the commercials and the network announcements. You had to splice that stuff in right. before you. And send the fee to a station in Chicago where it would be broadcast across the network. Okay. So that way, you know, the important part of the country gets it. <laughs> so basically it was coming from the West Coast. They had to do all the heavy lifting and then mm-hmm. broadcast yeah. it over to Chicago and the yeah. East Coast. Okay. Uh, the engineer in charge there would cut the feed from Burbank at 6.58 p.m. precisely, Eastern uh-huh. Time, when the Heidi Network announcement would take place, and then they'd switch over to New York City, who would actually show the movie. Okay. Now, now uh, this really is only relevant for the Eastern and Central Time Zones, because mm-hmm. out West it's like early in the day, so they weren't going to show it yet. But, right. Okay. So... They were like back to your regular, regularly scheduled. Yeah. What's even on in 1968? What's prime time? Mash. I, that wouldn't even been on yet. Star Trek. <laughs> I don't think it was Star Trek. No. Why you? It might have been. You know what? It was probably a Western show. Western probably. shows were way big in yeah. the late 60s. It was Bonanza. Yeah, the greatest Western show ever made. Or The Rifleman, or Rawhide. Let's just name all of them. That ride would have been off by then. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, all right, some people involved. Um, Could have been Batman. Oh, yeah. I Dream of Genie. <laughs> Dark Shadows. <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, Dark Shadows. 
for you kids out there, Dark Shadows is not just a crappy Tim Burton Johnny Depp movie. It was I've a TV it. show back in the day. I've actually heard it was pretty good. It also had I Dream of Jeannie, Bewitched. That so it was the it was that era, the greatest era of television. So some of the people involved, um, uh, you have Don Ellis, who's the producer of the game itself, who was on site in Oakland. Uh, you have Dick Klein, who is the BOC supervisor for sports casts and the one responsible for cutting the feed from Burbank. Okay. Uh, so he's the one who's actually like, kind of like switching it over from football to... He flipped the switch, basically. Kind of. Yeah. Uh, Carl Lindemann was the president of NBC Sports. Scotty Connell was the executive producer of NBC Sports. And our upper upper for today, the one I'm pinning this on anyway, Julian Goodman, who is the president of NBC Entertainment. Okay. The Jack Donaghy. <laughs> hmm? Jack, Jack Donaghy is uh, from 30 Rock, which is about NBC. The Alec Baldwin's character. Uh-huh. Yeah, oh. it's an NBC parody. Oh. All right. Well, um, good. Uh, I'm going to get right to it, uh, right to our F up, oh, kind of earlier well, on. No, the, no preparation. No. Uh, normally, we got to set the stage, but 1960, it's not so I, I did ago. set the stage. That was yeah. setting the stage. Okay. Um, <laughs> Uh, Goodman emphasized to everyone that Heidi must start at 7 p.m. regardless of how the game went. So, do you think that it was because he was like, Timex is going, we're going to lose a whole bunch of money from Timex if we don't start that movie? They were contra- right they, well, they were contractually obligated to show Heidi at 7. Okay, to Timex, though, or to... Yeah. Okay. So, they were going to lose money from Timex. Yeah, they could have been sued for, like, breach of contract. Oh, boy. Okay. But, I mean... Yeah, so he emphasizes this to everyone, like, hey, he, he states unequivocally, Heidi must begin at 7, doesn't matter how the game turns out. Okay. Uh, Connell relayed this to Ellis, again, the producer of the game, who objected, reasonably, mm-hmm. uh, but was told that NBC was contractually obligated to the film. But Connell, the BOC supervisor, he'd be available in case there were trouble. like okay. Kind of like... Kind of like there's trouble. He's the guy, like the weekend call guy. Okay. Like, hey, there's trouble with this. He's on call. Yeah. Okay. Uh, No one expected the game to run past its three-hour time slot. Okay. Uh, NBC began the telecast of the game at 4 p.m. Incidentally, cutting off the end of the 1 p.m. Bills Chargers game. (laughs) But that game was already a blowout. Chargers won 21-6, so no one really cared. Okay. So... How long is a quarter of football? Fifteen minutes. Okay, so but of course you know that's extended out by sure. clock stoppages. So. Right, exactly. Uh, for so, whatever reason. So they're like, well, we're we're giving it three times as much you know time as as what is allotted in terms of gameplay time. Yeah. So that should cover commercials and timeouts mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Yeah. That's what they were thinking. Yes. Okay. Uh, the game turned out to be a back and forth slog. Oh. Uh, both QBs, uh, Joe Namath for the Jets and Daryl LaMonica for the Raiders. I know Joe Namath. Yes. I've heard his name before. Yes. I think he's been on some commercials. Probably for like old person commercials or insurance or yeah. some stuff. Yeah. It's on Fox News all the time or something. <laughs> like buy gold coins or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um. Buy my Joe Namath pillow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, they, they both combined for 31 incomplete passes. Oh my God. Both teams used all of their timeouts, so that's 12 timeouts in a game. Wow. And scores were relatively high, leading to many clock stoppages and commercial breaks. Okay. 
Uh, the fourth quarter began at 6.20, and the execs began to worry that the game might not be over by 7. I was going to say, I bet there was some sweating happening yeah. right then. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Uh, at 6.45, Connell, remember the BOC supervisor called Klein, uh, who was the... Uh, or no, Connell was the executive producer of the NBC Sports. Klein was the BOC supervisor. Uh, and they both agreed that the game would not end on time. Oh, no. Uh, they both wanted to stick with the game, but they needed good, uh, Julian Goodman's approval. He's like right. the head honcho of NBC Entertainment. And if they didn't, they would probably get canned. Well, uh, Connell called Lindemann, his boss, who agreed to talk to Goodman, his boss. There's uh, so much sweat happening. Yeah. I can just imagine when, these guys are just drenched. When Lindemann finally got a hold of Goodman and asked if Heidi should start at 7 p.m. no matter what, Goodman replied... That's crazy. It's a terrible idea. <laughs> Contrary to what he'd already told them. Right. Uh, one of the sources I uh, used for this, uh, uh, da, 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 Kyle Garlett from one of his books on here, um, said, e- quote, even though earlier executives had told Klein to make sure that Heidi started on time, those same executives changed their minds late in the game. Uh-huh. End quote. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Klein tried to call Connell for direction, but he couldn't get through. Because this is the day before cell phones. It's kind of yeah. like switchboards and stuff. Well, he was he was just on uh, he was on with his bookie. Yeah. Well, Connell, no, he was on the phone with Goobin, <laughs> uh, who told him There's to start no Heidi as soon as the football commentators signed off. So as soon as the commentators like final score this this uh, this has been in a production of NBC blah blah blah. Yeah. Go right into Heidi. Okay. Don't don't have a commercial break in between. Just go right into it. Okay. Uh, but but not that it should start at seven. That they should wait until the broadcast was over yes. for the football game and then start hiking. Yes. Okay. Uh, Connell then told Ellis, the actual guy in Oakland, uh, and the BOC supervisor at Burbank, whose name I couldn't find, who refused the order because he didn't know Connell. He had no idea who he was. Wow. Yeah. So he insisted on speaking with Julian Goodman. So he was like, I don't know who you are. Yeah. Chump? I don't know if you... I, I, uh, what, what's you're your not my author- boss. <laughs> I don't know your authority. Yeah, I don't answer to you. <laughs> Sounds like a conversation I've had at some point. Um, <laughs> so he insists on speaking with Goodman. Goodman couldn't be reached. Oh no! Because while all this is going on, concerned viewers started calling the NBC switchboard because <laughs> they're just asking, like, is because they can all see, like, hey, is the game? Are they still going to show the end of the game? These guys have been stressing, Heidi, 7 o'clock, and like all these commercials and stuff. Uh-huh. Are, are you going to keep going with the game? Yeah. So, all these calls, the executives could not get through to each other. Because <laughs> all these worry words are like, mm-hmm. if you guys cut off this game, I swear to God. Mm-hmm. And so Connell couldn't get through to Klein to tell him, hey, you know, delay it. Mm-hmm. So, without any revised orders from Goodman, Klein cut the Burbank feed at 6.58 and the network began playing Heidi at 7. Oh. Once how- the feed was cut, they couldn't bring it back. No. Wow. Yeah. So, how much time was left in the game? Do you have any idea? I was getting ready. Oh, okay. right about to get Sorry. to that. At the time of the cutoff, the Jets were up 32-29 to 29 with one minute and one second left in the no. game. Oh. Oh, my gosh. You're about to learn why this was such a big deal. I bet you could have heard the collective scream from space. You could have heard it after what I'm about to tell you. <laughs> oh, no. 
The Raiders managed to march down the field in 19 seconds and score a touchdown, going up 36-32. to Oh my god. With 42 seconds left, the Jets' kick returner fumbles the ball on the kickoff return. The Raiders picked it up and ran it in for another score. And the Raiders win 43-32. to Oh my god. The last time anybody saw the game, the Jets were up 32-29. to Oh my god. <laughs> so nobody outside of, you know, people in the stadium saw it. Oh, my God. Well, so, no so one in the Eastern Central time zone saw the Oakland comeback. Right. So. Holy cow. Yeah. That is nuts. Yeah. That'd be so upsetting. So, like, so. Oh, especially because yeah. you're like, oh, there's only a minute left. I'm, I mean, honestly, for me, if it's in the last quarter, all bets are off. Because you know that they're going to be killing themselves to try and make stuff happen in the last quarter. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. So we don't need to elaborate any further. No, because I'm still in pain. I know. Um, but th- that's like the quarter when they're they're going to pull out all the stops and do whatever they can. And in such a close game, too, there's I think that there's like this pickup of energy. Mm-hmm. Like everybody's just feeding off of the, the players are feeding off the fans. The fans are going crazy. Like you build momentum. Yeah. Yeah. And even though you're in the fourth quarter, you've been, you know, obviously playing football is very tiring because all these dudes are covered in sweat at the end of the game. You're like, I'm going to put lay everything else out on the field so that we can try and win. So <laughs> knowing that they were only three points away and they still had, you know, a minute some left, that's plenty of time to uh-huh. do something. Clearly. Obviously. Yeah. If uh, the, the Raiders were able to recover 14 points. Yeah, in a minute. Yeah. Yeah. In just over a minute. So, wow. The I imagine that whenever... Because this is also the time before the internet, so you couldn't just go on Twitter and oh, yeah. see like, the live stream. Well, I'll, I'll get into it. some of that here in a moment. But. So, so, so when was the... Are you going to say like when... Yes. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to okay. get to that. All so. Right. Um, so the game ended at 7.07. Okay. So if NBC just stuck with it for seven more minutes. Um, thousands of viewers called to complain. Uh, uh a humorist named Art Buckwald, he said, quote, men who wouldn't get out of their chairs in an earthquake rush to the phone to scream obscenities, end quote. <laughs> yeah. I uh, can imagine. Gamblers who thought the Jets won were shocked to learn that the Raiders beat the seven and a half point spread. I don't know what that means exactly, but sounds um, bad. I don't know what seven and a half means. Like, let's say, like, uh, the spread in a game is, let's say, Raiders were projected to beat the Jets by seven and a half. Uh-huh. They have to beat like like if you bet on the Raiders to win, uh-huh. you have to um, the Raiders have to win by at least seven and a half points in oh. order for you to get your money. Even if the Raiders win, uh-huh. but they win by like three, you've still lost your money. Okay, so the Jets were projected; they were the favorite. No, the Raiders were. Oh, okay. The, sorry. Yeah, the, the Raiders beat the spread. Oh, okay. So gotcha. Yeah. Um. So all the people who bet on the Jets are like, yay, we win. But it was actually yeah. the Raiders. Yeah. Okay. Um, NBC showed the final score during the Heidi broadcast at a particularly heavy screen, like, scene. So they just flashed, like, Raiders beat Jets, uh, what, what is it, score was 43-32 to 32 just during the movie. What? Yeah. What a weird decision. Um, 
Uh, Sportfire Jack Clary said, quote, The football fans were indignant when they saw what they had missed. The Heidi audience was peeved at having a football score intrude on one of the story's more touching moments. Short of preempting Heidi for a skin flick, NBC could not have managed to alienate more viewers that evening. End quote. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, yeah. Goodman issued a formal apology at 8.30. Yeah. Were they still showing the movie, or was the movie over by that point? No, they're still showing the movie, but like they just a, just a press release. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't know if he like cut in in the movie. <laughs> no, because the no, movie no, no. watchers would be like, "Are no. you freaking kidding no. me?" No, no, no. no. <laughs> um, there was some report. Like uh, I read the even uh, a player's wife thought that they like they'd won. Uh-huh. Uh, which she she flew back on a plane uh, to uh, back home or something, and when she greeted him at the airport she congratulated them on the on the jets winning Ooh. yeah because she, she didn't know oh boy because again like i said earlier before the internet a lot of people didn't know until they read the paper the next day Jeez. so um yeah uh klein remember the guy who's responsible for cutting the feed uh he was told that he had made the correct decision as nbc was contractually obligated with timex to show heidi as scheduled and he was told he probably would have been fired otherwise Wow. Yeah. So. Yeah, even though he would have been fired, though, he would have been the hero yeah. of the day, really. Yeah. He probably could have gotten on somewhere else. Oh, yeah, he probably would have been hired by, like, ABC or yeah. uh, CBS or something. The uh, wide world of sports, perhaps. Uh, I think that was, yeah, I think that was around then. Mm. That might have been the first year it was on, but mm. I don't remember offhand. Wide world of sports, as we, uh, as I recently learned, and one of the driving forces behind that is... I think one of my new favorite filmmakers. <laughs> Andy Sedaris. Yes. Oh, if, just a side note. If you guys have never seen an Andy Sedaris movie, there are some of them on Prime. Just check them out. They don't make any sense. It's all explosions and hot babes and beaches and gun fights. Radioactive right snakes. Right up my alley. Right up my alley. <laughs> They're fun. Oh, like... But Andy Sedaris was a producer... Uh, that and Monday Night Football. Yeah. So yeah. Wide World of Sports and Monday Night Football. He made crap loads of money, and then he took all of that money and yep. decided to make terrible action movies. It's like, it, those movies are like the perfect encapsulation of the 80s. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Yeah. They had some uh, former <sighs> Playboy bunnies yep. who are in there. Yeah. Uh, all right. Anyway. <laughs> uh, in order to prevent a similar fiasco in the future... Um, and the NFL stipulated in TV contracts that games would be broadcast until their conclusion. Uh, and other leagues followed suit. So, like, you know, Major League Baseball, if the game goes 12 innings, you're going to show all 12 innings. They basically just forced them to not put anything important after the football. Kind of, yeah. Um, they're not going to stack the evenings anymore. No. They're like, let's make, let's just make football the main event. Yeah. Or at least they'll, have, they'll give themselves, like, a half-hour, like, window. Yeah. Maybe. Um, the Jets would go on to win Super Bowl three in an upset over the Colts that season. Because mm-hmm. the AFL was still seen as, like, very much, like, the lesser of the two leagues. Sure. So that was a big deal, like, the Jets, like, an AFL team beating an NFL team in the championship game. Okay. Which they were unable to do the previous two times because, again, the Green Bay Packers prevailed. You really are, just have to, you just have to rub that look, in. Look, right? of all the misery I experienced with that team this weekend, I deserve it. <laughs> Uh, so so basically it was like the AFL didn't have as much clout as NFL right. teams. Right. 
And so them, uh, AFL team, beating an NFL team mm-hmm. was like the ultimate upset. Yeah. It's oh, like, yeah, wow, yeah. this has only been around for a couple of year, a handful of years. Yeah. And, and it looks like they're on par with the NFL. Ooh. So. Um, Turning point. None of the executives really got in trouble. Because, <clears throat> I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, people were ticked off, but it's like, it's not like. They got some angry letters, basically. Uh, yeah. Not like people died. Yeah. So. Um, and the executives aren't going to fire themselves. Right. <laughs> There's no way. Uh, in 1975, I just found this an interesting note. In 1975, a Raiders and Washington, the team currently known as the Washington football team, uh, game uh, ran 45 minutes over, preempting a showing of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Uh, parents were outraged, but the network decided to stick to their guns. <laughs> yeah. Although, personally, uh, I would prefer to see Willy Wonka over a game between those two teams, but that's just me. <laughs> I like. It's weird that they would just they wouldn't just decide to push because yeah. Normally, your like later night, later evening programming isn't like awesome, anyways. You right. know, so it's just interesting that they weren't just like just push it, man. It's no big deal. Yeah, yeah. But this well. is also the time when somebody's actually manually having to flip the switch yes. and like <laughs> yeah. go from film to film. So. Yeah. Um, in 1997, the Heidi game was voted amongst the most 10 memorable football games ever. Uh, in 2005, TV Guide put it at number 6 in the top 100 most unexpected TV moments. <laughs> wow. Uh, and this is just, you know, on a side note, and this didn't really have anything to do with this, but I want an excuse to talk about this. One of the assistant coaches on the Raiders sideline was John Madden. Oh, yeah. Uh, the late, great John Madden, a man who is near and dear to my heart. Uh, I think I, I, there probably wasn't a week between 1996 and 2008 during the football season. I did not watch a game that was, uh, commented on by John Madden. Yeah. Uh, so like very, a, a formative, uh, personality in, in my sports education growing up. I'll, I'll put it that way. Yeah. You know? Um, even, even myself, like total football Greenhorn, I don't know anything about football at all. I remember the Madden football game. Uh-huh. Everybody always had Madden. Even if yep. you didn't like football, you played Madden. And also that clip of John Madden cutting the turducken with his hand. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. That, that, is, that is one of the... I mean, you can go on YouTube and look up a Best of John Madden video. and You get like 20 minutes of solid gold... Um, it's, pr- it's pretty much just showing that you could not get between John Madden and food. No. That he wasn't going to wait for somebody to produce a cutting instrument. He no. was going to go at yep. it with his hand. Yep. Well, yeah, yeah, he had to show how Michael's how it was done. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, right. uh, John Madden. Uh, and I played those video games, too. Yeah. Like, I, when I was growing up, he did the commentary on those video games. Yeah, I exactly. mean, yeah, it was pre-recorded yeah. stuff. So you got yeah. the same lines, you know, uh, such quality lines as the veteran linebacker bursts through and gets the sack. <laughs> yeah. Which is always great to hear. Um, <laughs> the point where it's like, I, if I play them now, I just mute the TV and just listen to something else because it's like, I don't want to hear these guys. I want to hear John Madden. <laughs> so, um... Just play, just play like a YouTube, like, 10 hour long loop of all of the John Madden It's not a bad idea. It's not a bad idea, but... I bet it's out there. Uh, it but yeah. Uh, John Madden... Uh, sorely missed. May he rest in peace. Yes. Um, there's something else I was thinking about uh, while I was writing this episode. It's not been intentional, 
um, but it's more just what the, the information available. I realized during this one, every single episode, the F for Upper has been a dude. <laughs> and it's like, I'm like, yeah, and I actually actively have like tried to like hunt for like, you know, instances of women effing up. Mm-hmm. It's a lot harder because most of the mistakes made in history are by dudes. Yeah. And a lot of them by white dudes. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. It, it's, uh, it, it's, that's it, just uh, something I've noticed. So, you know, if you're out there and be like, you know. This is one-sided. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> sorry, but most mistakes in history are by white dudes. So, some sources used for this include uh, Jack Clary's Pro Football's Greatest Moments from 1981, Jeff Davis's Roselle's Are the NFL from 2008, Kyle Garlett's What Were They Thinking? Brainless Blunders That Changed Sports from 2009, uh, Tom Lamar's Stadium Stories, Oakland Raiders from 2003, Ken Rappaport's The Little League That Could, A History of the American Football League from 2010, and Sidney Struthers' NFL Top 40, The Greatest Pro Football Games Ever Played from 1988. Awesome. So. This one definitely did not make me bummed out afterwards. Yeah, I figured, you know, we've done a lot of, um, a lot of episodes with pretty, pretty drastic consequences or Or lots, a large death toll. Yeah, or like a lot of. Innocent bystanders. Yeah, well, this one's up. really uh, kind of harmless, but you know, it, it influences something that is relevant today. Because you know, like I mentioned, it's like maybe you, know, you sit there watching. It's like, isn't there something supposed to be on at seven o'clock? Yeah. Why is the football game still going? Well, there's your answer. That's why. Because we already had this mistake, uh, you know, fifty plus years ago. It also kind of. <clears throat> <clears throat> It also kind of goes to show that uh, when when you have something like that happen and you're not really sure what the blowback's going to be, mm-hmm. and then they get the crazy amount of blowback that happened, they're mm-hmm. like, wow, football is a lot more important than we thought. Oh, yeah. And we need to give this precedence over whatever else we're programming, and we also probably need to divert our efforts in terms of fundraising or, or advertising dollars, we need to funnel that into our sports programming more yeah. so than this movie. There was a, a hot, uh, like a hotline set up between like the main offices and these BOCs. Kind of like, you know, the during the Cuban Missile Crisis, like the Soviets and the Americans, like the president and the premier couldn't talk to each other. Mm-hmm. So they set up a hot, an emergency hotline just right. in case. A similar situation here was set up after this. So, like, wow. they could actually communicate without having to go through the main switchboard. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, that uh, loyalty and obsession and importance of football games still endures today. Yeah. People are still just as uh, pretty sure if you flipped over a playoff game or any sort of intense game, close game, if you flip that off with a, a minute left, oh yeah, Twitter would it would implode. People would be canceled. Everybody would be fired. Oh yeah, I mean everybody would hop on YouTube or wherever yeah. you know to try and stream it, or you'd uh, call your friend who's at the stadium and be like, yeah. FaceTime it to me. Yeah. But, uh, I, yeah. I just I told Prices I didn't realize this. Uh, my dearly departed stepfather probably was watching that game. Oh wow! He would have been he would have been nine years old at the time. A kid, yeah. Um, I don't know if he probably a Raiders fan by that point. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure, but he definitely probably would watch it. Probably his nine year old self probably would have been one of the ones <laughs> screaming at the TV, putting his head through the wall. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, he makes fun of me for throwing my cheese head when I get mad. Where do you think I got that from? He would <laughs> throw, throw... He'd take his ball cap off and throw it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. That's great. Uh, cool. Well, uh, can you give us a hint as to what we're talking about next time? We'll talk about why it's important uh, to... Uh, have some patience when making important decisions. No. Impulsivity forever. <laughs> yes, only rash decisions. Yes. Fly by the seat of your pants. Time yeah. is irrelevant. We're living in this third... Not, not in the next episode. Time was would definitely... More time would definitely have been more relevant. It would have helped. Okay. So. Well, I'm glad that uh, we at least got... A little bit of a break from the doom and gloom. Yeah. Because next episode, I'm sure it's back to... Oh, yeah. Doom and gloom is back, baby. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, um... Getting back to those death tolls in the millions. Oh, boy. Um, maybe we can, uh... We can brainstorm some other stuff to chop it up more. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I got some ideas. Okay. Cooking in the old noggin. Yeah. I mean, so. we're, we're living in the, what, 50th year of a pandemic at this point. <laughs> It's dark outside. What's a year? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Eons. Uh, we're living in the dark times we're already. We're living in the pandemic era. <laughs> the oh, epoch. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> well, this will be... You got the... Uh, boy, Jurassic period. Mm. I would try... Triassic period. Crustaceous period. <laughs> and pandemic Cr- period. I think you said crustaceous period it's cretaceous oh. <laughs> Cre- crustaceous is shrimp whatever <laughs> i'm pretty sure crustaceous right, do you have shrimp on the brain are you trying to eat some lobster i mean it's seafood i'm always trying to eat some seafood all right cool Please don't forget to check out our sister projects, or mostly my sister projects. Uh, the YouTube show, The Drunken Pond, which is produced by myself and hosted by our co-producer, Steve, on this podcast, um, where we drink beer and play board games. It's a great time. Uh, Attack of the Final Girls, which is a horror review podcast, uh, which is co-hosted by myself and my lovely pod wife, Juliet. Uh, Three Minute Movies, which is a YouTube channel where I attempt to summarize and spoil movies in three minutes. Please rate, review, and subscribe to our show so we can stay on the charts. Check us out on Twitter and Instagram at WeEFTUP. I'm Teresa. And I'm Cody. And this is WeEFTUP. We